0: Hi, I'm Beth Fuller, and you're listening to the Food Adventures Podcast. I know the world can feel intimidating or scary at times, but I'm here to tell you it doesn't have to be. Through the lens of food, we can learn so much about one another, celebrate our differences, and maybe eat some tasty food along the way. Are you ready to do this? I know I am. So let's go on a food adventure together right now. Hey, everyone, you're listening to the Food Adventures Podcast. I'm your host, Beth Fuller. This is episode 23. Whee! 23. We're almost halfway. I'm shocked. Are you shocked? All right. Enough about that. Don't take notes. I've taken notes. Go to my website, elizabethrfuller.com. Check out my food and product photography. That's what I do for a living. I'm a beautiful, incredible photographer who loves to highlight brand, product, and food photography. If you need one in your life, I'm your gal. Do you have questions for the podcast? Do you wanna be on the podcast? Do you want me to sleuth out things for you? Culinary dilemmas? Maybe you need help with your love life. Shoot me an email. Let's go on a food adventure at gmail.com and tag me in all of your food adventures on Instagram at let's go on a food adventure. Alright, let's just go on a food adventure, you guys. Oh, this is a good this is a good episode, you guys. This is like one of those episodes you're gonna be like, wait, what does this have to do with food? Oh, we're gonna tell you. Today's episode's about a new concept, well, an old concept in banking with a new twist on it. And I think it it's fascinating. I learned so much about it, um, that I, you know, naively really didn't know where my money was going. I wanted to, I tried to, but I just, I didn't fully understand it. And after talking with my guest today, I was very inspired to do more. And um, I'm going to be very, 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 very excited to um, jump on the bandwagon with him and what he's doing. This is not a sponsored podcast um, episode. This is just a conversation between me and now my good friend, Um, which we've become good friends over the last few months because of the podcast and uh, just something I think he he deserves to be highlighted and what he's doing and I think it's important so so I think we're just going to dive right into this one my guest today hmm, he's a repeat offender here on the podcast you may know him from such episodes as episode 11 meet and the bigger picture of it all. It's true, it's true. He is the founder of Walden Local Meat. He is the CEO of Walden Mutual, an incredible new concept in banking. He's very passionate about the intersection between sustainable agriculture, waste, and energy, and he's been doing it for more than, I don't know, at least over a decade, if not longer. He's one of the smartest, most passionate, kind humans I know. I adore him, and he also happens to now be a good friend of mine. Please, please welcome back to the podcast, Charlie Cummings from Walden Mutual. Hey, buddy. How's it going?
1: Hey, Beth. Nice to see you. He's (laughs) Beth.
0: Charlie from Walden Local Meet. And now Walden Mutual Bank is back. So nice to have you. This means so much. I love catching up with you. You've become a good friend of mine. So it's so nice to see your face and to have you back
1: on. Likewise. Likewise. I'm sure our conversation will go off the rails again today. So looking Anyways,
0: forward to it. I, <laughs> I can't wait to see where we go and where we take everyone with us. So for the people who don't know who you are, which... Pff, who doesn't at this point, let's be honest. I was
1: going to say everyone. <laughs>
0: yeah, right? <laughs> you are basically famous. So let's just give a little <laughs> bit of background about like where you're living, what you're doing, all of that good stuff.
1: Sure. Uh, OK, so my wife and I moved up to New Hampshire maybe uh, two years ago at this point, which was an amazing place to be during the pandemic. Uh, so we lived just outside of Concord. Um, I started a company called Walden Local Meat, which we, about seven or eight years ago, which we talked about last time. Mm-hmm. Um, and I recently stepped down as, as CEO, put my sort of longtime partner and COO into that seat in January uh, to pursue this new related concept, uh, which shares the same name, uh, Walden, Walden Mutual Bank.
0: Awesome. So why, for everyone who doesn't know why Walden, why Walden?
1: Um, I've always been a big fan of Thoreau. I'm um, mm-hmm. also sort of New England through and through, you um, are. but that, uh, you know, the notion of, you know, living your life in sync with nature and simplicity above all else uh, or simplicity sort of being a core virtue really resonates with me. Um, and I think also is sort of consistent with the values and the ethos of the um, you know, the organization that uh, we we built and now the new one that, that we intend to build.
0: No, totally. And I think it's, it talks to you as a person a lot too. I mean, these are some of your personal core values and how you personally live your life too, I, I think, you know? So I think it, it's all very symbiotic and, and beautiful at the same time. So, okay, you go from saving the world with, you know, environmental things, and then you decide to do meat, which great. And now all of a sudden you're like, Hey, guess what guys? I'm opening a bank. What, what is lighting you up about opening? Like why a bank? Yeah. <laughs> Tell me more.
1: So I get that question a lot. Um, <laughs>
0: because banking seems boring. I'm not going to lie.
1: Well, also, or some variant of like, you can do that. Like right. as in one can open a bank. Like right. didn't know that was a thing that you could do. Um but let me back up a second because mm-hmm. you're, um, you know, I'm flattered by the one, the notion that I'm somehow famous and two, that I've had this sort of global impact, but that, that actually it's the opposite uh, <laughs> that motivates me in the sense that like both of these entities are uh, inherently focused on our own community. And I'm a big believer that you sort of change the world by first changing yourself and then trying to change your surrounding community. And so, you know, Walden, Walden Local as a meat company had never really intended to, uh, or still doesn't intend to be a billion dollar global conglomerate. Mm-hmm. Um, that's not to say we don't have big ambitions for the business, but it's just, you know, we felt like this was the highest and best use of available land in New England and the best uh, from an you know, economic, ecological, philosophical perspective, and, um, you know, felt like that was the, the change we wanted to see in our own community. Um, and hopefully in doing so are inspiring others to sort of do the same in their communities. So mm-hmm. similarly, you know, the, the bank is intended to, um, you know, have this really tangible local impact. And therefore, is focused, you know, again in the in the New England and in sort of greater New York area.
0: Oh, I love that. So, how does one even begin to open a bank? I would imagine you need like oodles and oodles and noodles of money in order to do that. Right.
1: Well, (laughs) since money is the product, uh, you do have to have some. uh, Hence, why I think you see a lot of, um, I think you see a lot of like bank lobbies and buildings and stuff that like. It sort of seems like architecturally, the look they were going for was just a big sign that says, We have money. <laughs> oh, yeah, like we're a
0: Rockefeller. Look <laughs> <Yeah>. at us. <laughs> yeah, totally. That art deco, right. marble. It's yeah, for sure. Sort
1: of like compared to the grocery store, which just has these like piles of like abundance Stuff. of food. <laughs> yeah. Same thing. It's just like you might as well have a, a pile of money out on the table because that's like the message you're trying to convey. Um, so yes, we we do have to raise a, a significant amount of capital to make it happen um, upfront. So that's one thing. Um, the other is, um, you know, you have to have a really experienced team of people. So you know, I I don't know my way around a bank. I know how to run a business, um, mm-hmm. and I know a lot about the food and agriculture business in in um, New England and New York. But um, have been really fortunate to you know be able to accumulate a group of people that are really interested in the concept and. Have spent you know decades in the banking industry um, that I think are gonna um, you know lend us credibility from a regulatory perspective um, as well as um, you know put the right sort of systems and policies and procedures and such as you can imagine um, and maybe as you're insinuating the um, you know the not so fun part of running a bank is it's it, there's a there's quite a bit of regulation um, yeah. As Seems there like there'd
0: sh- be like a ton of red tape and like rule after rule after rule.
1: Well, there is, but sort of as there should be, right? Like, um, yeah,
0: <laughs> you because should- you're putting a lot of trust in someone, like, here's all of my money, so right. now you do something with it, you know? Right. That's kind of a scary thing for a lot of people, especially in this time of
1: well, y- you-, you could imagine a number of scenarios that you would want to prevent. Mm-hmm. Uh, for example, a felon starting a bank is probably not a good idea. A good so idea. I'm I'm lucky to not, not be a felon. Not, well, at least not a convicted felon. There yes. we go.
0: <laughs> <laughs> That's another story for another cocktail.
1: I love it. <laughs> no, I'm kidding if anyone important is listening. Um, but so you skip the you skip the why. Okay, so well, let's I, go
0: back to the why.
1: I want to go back to that. Um, I want to go back to the why. All right. So a few things bother me about banks today. The so
0: lollipops uh, or the fact that they don't give you dog treats anymore. When you go through the drive through window, tell me. what bothers you about, the about that, please. <laughs> So it's neither of those things, but okay, please continue.
1: It, it, wait, I don't, I don't understand a lot. Is it the fact that they no longer give out the lollipops? Yeah, is they don't give you
0: lollipops mean? anymore.
1: Yeah, it is unfortunate that that. Um, I'm
0: mad it's a COVID thing, but
1: it's gone away. Yeah, I know. yeah, you said it. Um, yeah.
0: Sorry, I got you off. <laughs> <One, laughs>
1: now I'm just you're lament. like
0: daydreaming about like corn syrup. You're like, mm. no, I was,
1: I was literally thinking about those. Uh, now I forget the name of the the little gummy. Yeah, there you go. Dum dums And like some of the flavor, it's like the root beer flavor. Yeah, and they'd have
0: like the question mark and be like a mystery flavor.
1: Yeah. What is this? It tastes like
0: somebody went with a soda cup all the way down the line and just like shook it. You know what I mean? Like totally. Yeah. Mm -hmm.
1: Anyway, so no, nothing to do with all of (laughs) them. Okay, great. Um, Anyway, what bothers me is this millennial generation, and in this sense, I include myself in this group, applies a, a certain set of standards to almost every brand they want to be associated with, whether mm-hmm. it's clothing or food or cosmetics or cleaning products. And I think those standards are, have been important in sort of moving companies along the spectrum of doing right by the environment, doing right by their employees, um, sort of being more stakeholder oriented. I don't see that happening in banking. No, and not at
0: all. Uh-uh. About
1: half of millennials bank with JPMorgan Chase, Bank of America, or Wells Fargo. Really? Those are not names that um, you know represent this generation's values by any sense of the world word. Yeah. JPMorgan Chase has invested hundreds of billions of dollars in fossil fuel development oh, sh- since absolutely.
0: the yeah. since
1: yeah. the Paris Accords were were signed. Um, and by the way a huge part of this, you know, beyond the brands representing your values. People don't think about, um, where their money sleeps at night, so to speak. Yeah. Um, And and the trickle down
0: effect that your money has totally.
1: Exactly. And so your money is doing things without your knowledge, once you put it in a bank account and, um, you know, so that was part of this too, is like, you would, you'd really like it to be doing good things um, and, and having a really tangible impact. So um, that was really the starting point for me from a consumer standpoint. And by the way, there are a handful of brands out there, both in banking and outside of banking that really have built the reputation on just not doing bad things.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And, some people call it greenwashing, um, which is which is sometimes true. But wait, what's greenwashing? What's that term mean? Um, basically, like uh, uh the best example I can think of is uh, BP, which was once British petroleum. They yep. like, renamed themselves Beyond Petroleum and started talking about all the stuff they're doing in renewable energy when, you know, still behind
0: you know, the scenes there, yeah, percent of the thing.
1: company is still yeah. like the same oil company. Um and so that's that's a good example. But there's other brands out there that are, um, you know, they, they sort of talk a big game about what they're doing from an impact perspective, but it, it really doesn't amount to much. Oh, an even better example is like, there's all these investors interested in so-called ESG funds, environmental, social governance. Okay. And, you know, think of themselves as impact investors. This is now like a trillion dollar asset class. Oh, geez. And it, uh, I think it boils down to like the notion of, I want to feel good about, I want to feel like my investments are doing positive.
0: Yeah, for sure. Yeah.
1: But these funds, you look into them, some of them have hundreds of component stocks. They're by and large dominated by technology companies like Facebook and Google. And, and I wouldn't, Consider those companies like amongst the worst in terms of, um, you know, environmental impact or social impact more broadly. But they're certainly not among the best.
0: No, uh, I agree with you. Yeah.
1: And by the way, Chevron, Exxon Mobil, Goldman Sachs, Morgan Stanley, like those are all parts of these funds too. Um, and so it didn't really make sense to me that like people, um, you know, there there wasn't much of an impact associated with these funds, even though that's the way they were being marketed. So coming back to the, the bank, yeah. yeah, the whole point is we want to have a legitimate, tangible, localized impact that was more than simply doing less harm. It was actually, we're going to use your money to turn around and lend it to sustainable food and agriculture farms and businesses in your community mm-hmm. um, and not do anything else.
0: Wow. So how do you even do that. Like it, it, my mind is kind of blown in what you said before resonates a lot with me, because when I was moving money around in my Fidelity account and I was talking to my broker and I was like, Hey, I want to make sure. Cause I was investing. I don't know a lot about stocks in the market. And so I just, you know, and I'm 40, so I wanted something that wasn't, doesn't matter what I want, but <laughs> well, we don't, you don't look to a day that. over 30. Oh, I love you so much. I <laughs> <laughs> didn't care. <laughs> Lots of water, good skincare, and so I, uh, I asked my broker. I was like, "Look, I want to invest in companies that I believe in, and that like my and I'm, I'm investing in these big, like packaged deal ones, like this mutual fund and that." And so they're that's not,
1: exactly what I'm talking about. Yeah, yeah. So they're yeah. not
0: identical companies, like individual companies. It's these huge, big conglomerate funds, and I and they're doing great. But I was like, "But what? Where is my money going? I don't want to." have a negative impact on these organizations that here I am preaching about that I love. And now I'm almost putting my money against them in a way, like without knowing it, because I don't know what these funds are doing. So I love what you're saying and what you're doing. So, okay.
1: Wait, wait, wait. Can I just add something to that? So what you're describing is a very common phenomenon, uh, even amongst very sophisticated investors. So if you think about like a pension fund or a university endowment or something, You've got some universities out there saying, "Hey, we're gonna we're gonna start this new center and yep. sort of organize around solving climate change and put all our resources towards that." And the same university's endowment is investing in fossil fuel companies I, to make more it's, it's going to
0: make more money for them to then do right. It's it is such a shitty system.
1: Well, there's just a little bit of cognitive dissonance there yeah. of like and it's sort of the same, um, sort of the same mentality. Like when I went to business school, the mentality was learn, earn and return, Mm -hmm. which in some ways is really nice that you're committed to like philanthropy uh, Mm -hmm. over time. But the problem with that model is like, you can, it it sort of gives you permission to earn money in really destructive ways. Yeah, and, And then, and then sort of just then sort of you know, repent and right, right, and so, so it's, very it's like, <laughs> yeah,
0: <format.
1: laughs> yeah, exactly. But it's a very extractive, sort of inputs and outputs type thinking instead of, um, this sort of symbiotic, yeah, cycle. The way I almost think about
0: it. like this is a good, and I know we're not going to talk about documentaries, but I just watched one <laughs> the other day. And it was like the littlest big farm. No ever. way.
1: I Okay. I watched the same documentary.
0: Like two days ago, I finally like watched it on Hulu. And I talk about symbiotic coexistence on land and the problem solving that went into even just like the snails on the citrus trees, the ducks in the pond, which are like because of the drought polluting the pond more. Let's get the ducks and we'll put them in with the citrus trees. Snails gone. Like, amazing
1: yeah it was amazing some of the cinematography too is just crazy good crazy beautiful um yeah Yeah. it was i was a little bit of a head scratcher of like man they seem to have limitless money in going about this but (laughs)
0: like i don't i don't know where the money. like year one when they were tearing all that stuff up and they brought the hippie dude in and i was like where are they, who is backing this? Because I would like them in my life. I have some projects, Totally. (laughs) but anyway, it goes into what you're saying about being very, everything can coexist together in a very symbiotic way. If you just figure out how to do it. And so it sounds like, let's go back. This'll, this is a good segue into how do you do that? If I'm an, if I'm going to your bank and I give you $10,000, you're, and I'm, putting it in, where's the money going and how do I get it back out?
1: All right. So let's back up a little bit. Um, so, uh, well, I'll answer the easy part of that first. So from a consumer perspective, we're going to offer the same set of products that, um, any other bank offers on the deposit side. Okay. So that would be, you know, checking savings sort of CDs, um, we are going inter- to We are going to offer some interesting products, like a really long dated, higher interest rate CD, so Ooh. five years or ten years, and those are all FDIC insured. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, we are not going to start. With any consumer lending products. So we can't get a car loan, can't get a mortgage, um, mm-hmm. maybe we can't have a credit card. Maybe those are something we offer, you know, down the road. But at mm-hmm. first, we're really focused on looking for depositors that value the sort of impact of the that the dollars are gonna have on the other side of the business. Um, and so it's really just that core set of deposit products. So the way I would think about this bank is we're looking to be sort of your secondary banking relationship for a savings account. If you want to use us as a primary checking account, we'll have those suite of services like mobile check deposit and that kind mm-hmm. of thing as well. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, from a, um, an initial sort of go to market approach, we're looking to be, um, your secondary savings account.
0: So that's interesting because it's almost like, and I'm going to date myself in saying this, what Capital One did maybe 10 years ago, it was called like an orange account or something like that. And it was a high yield savings account. And all they offered was just, this is before Capital One had a banking system and they only offered a high yield savings account. And it was still liquid, but it was an online platform and it was a secondary savings account that wasn't like a CD where you are committing your money to five years. That's it. Yeah,
1: yeah, I I have that account actually because it it used to be ING Direct.
0: Yes, it was. Thank you. It was. Yep. Yeah. And then Capital One bought them. You're absolutely yep. right. That's where I'm thinking it was Orange because so I think I ING Direct that. was Orange.
1: <laughs> yeah. So I still have that account. Um. So that that's exactly you know what we're we're trying to do um, okay. with the impact bent to it.
0: So tell Um, me more about the impact and like how, so the money, say $10,000, I'm investing that I I put it into the the long-term CD.
1: So we're going to turn around and lend that to food and agriculture businesses in the region. So, um, you know, everything from organic regenerative farms to, um, you know, distributors, retailers, producers, uh, processors, Mm um, there's you know, a, a quite a large value chain there. And we're in the midst of this, um, really interesting, uh, sort of rejuven- rejuvenation of the new England agricultural scene. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we've got a series of criteria that will apply to those loans. Like we're only lending to, um, you know, organic producers, or you have some level of industry certification. For example, if you're, um, you know, in in the fishing world, um, what, what sort of sustainability certifications do you have, et cetera. Um, and then we'll also support more broadly, you know, cooperative businesses, um, things like, uh, you know, small scale, cooperative, natural grocery stores, Mm -hmm. those sorts of things. So there's a whole stream of things that we'll, um, lend to, uh, but generally it's with that bent of promoting local organic regenerative food and agriculture in the region.
0: Okay. So that's awesome. So it sounds like if I'm understanding this, right, you have the model where it looks like a, a typical bank, like an online bank, right? Because you're not going to have any brick and mortar at the moment correct
1: we will have one we will have one up here in in concord new hampshire um perfect so welcome to visit anytime but yes it will be um primarily um you know online mobile app
0: okay great um, i hope you have dog treats when you have the drive-thru so we
1: will have lollipops and dog treats perfect
0: (laughs) dum-dums please support so i'm just kidding no we'll probably use some non-corn therapy organic lollipop
1: well, there goes the Dum dumbs endorsement sorry, the, dumb, uh, episode. Sorry.
0: <laughs> <laughs> no so it sounds like that you've got a couple of different faces of the bank you have the consumer who's going to come in and deposit be the depositor and and the that part of the bank but then you also have the back end and it's these businesses that you're going to help th- thrive in a way how does a business on that back end come to you and say, hey, I want to be a part of this. Yo, help me out. Like, how how does someone? Are you vetting them, or are they coming to you? What's the flow of that? No, I
1: mean, there's no there's no vetting. Why would okay. we vet? <laughs> um, Do you yes. have a
0: cow and a chicken? Do you <laughs> want to make more? Is it organic? Come to us. We got you. <laughs> Done.
1: Uh, Check that box. No, uh, you know, like any bank, extensive, uh, you know, set of credit and risk controls there and wanting to, you know, work with, um, profitable business, well profitable, well-run businesses. Mm -hmm. Um, but, um, you know, we expect to do a lot of outreach on the farm side. So, you know, Tim Joseph, who's a good friend of mine and the founder of Maple Hill Creamery, which is a um, leading Mm -hmm. brand of milk and whole foods, organic grass-fed milk. Love their their products. You know, between the two of us have pretty extensive, you know, producer networks. Um, so that'll be a starting point along with, um, you know, the broader sort of food and agriculture uh, community. It's, it's funny, um, in larger commodity scale sort of industrial agriculture, there's this long sense of, um, you know, competition with your neighbor, specifically on yields, like mm-hmm. per, per acre yields. And not a ton of like this fierce independence, not a lot of sharing of notes, if you will. Mm-hmm. And in the organic and local world, there's a much more cooperative community feel to it where people really actively want to share learnings and lessons and um, And so the affinity that comes from that, you know, the we're, we're sort of trying to leverage that same thing of a, a lender that understands this world and understands the organic transition period. For example, there's when you convert your land to organic, there's a three year period where you need to follow organic practices, but you can't obtain a premium for them because you can't sell your product as organic in the market.
0: Oh, wow.
1: That's why organic conversion is expensive. It's not because the certification costs a lot. It's because you, you uh, again, have to follow all the um, procedures. So mm-hmm. if, you, if you purchase land where the prior owner were, was spraying herbicides and pesticides and things, you now need three years where even if you're not spraying those things, you can't sell your product in the market as certified organic.
0: And get that premium price for it. Right, Which is right. probably a good
1: thing from, you know, a, a consumer perspective mm-hmm. that those residual chemicals and such aren't there. I'm, I'm not arguing against that. I'm just saying there's an, an interesting, uh, you know, financial, unique financial need that comes from that because mm-hmm. those three years, um, you know, your yields are going to plummet in year one Mm -hmm. and they're really not going to fully recover until year four or five when you're sort of replace the artificial nutrient cycling with a a more natural one, Mm -hmm. um, compost or whatever animal manure or whatever else you're using. So, um, anyhow, there's some really interesting little gaps in the market that a traditional lender sort of struggles to understand that they're not, you know, you, you have to do more than look at a and on a balance sheet to understand the pasture fertility and, um, how those sorts of nutrient cycles work.
0: That's awesome. So bottom line is Charlie's got a guy and Charlie is the guy and Charlie knows guys. And so if you want, if you're and a company, gals and gals, sorry, and non-binary, if you are a company <laughs> who is interested in participating in this and feel that you'd be a good fit or match at the end of the podcast, we'll we'll talk about how you can get in touch with Charlie. Absolutely. Um, yeah. So sure what is, there's, there's so many different kinds of banks out there. And I think we should talk a little bit about what's the difference between a mutual bank, a credit union, and maybe a more traditional pay- bank without like getting into total big nuances. But I think a mutual bank is not something, a term people are very familiar with anymore. And you hear more credit union or traditional bank than a mutual bank. So what's, what's makes a mutual bank stand out or what are some of the differences between everything?
1: You know, Beth, I am so glad you asked. <laughs> <laughs> because did you have to Google it too? Don't no, just get <laughs> No, no, <laughs> You're no. Smart. I'm glad because that that's like a core part of what we're doing. So it's part mm-hmm. of the why too. Um, so I'll tell you, uh, you know, part of the origin story here is at Walden Local, my, my, uh, my last company, um, we had a company meeting at one point and we would always be very transparent around the company's results. And so we showed, you know, our last quarter results and it um, showed a, a healthy profit and we do a Q&A with everyone in the company. And somebody raised their hand and was like, what happens? Where do the profits go? Where are those profits going?
0: Because they're not coming to me. (laughs) I'm just kidding. Well,
1: no, that's definitely (laughs) the implication of the question is like, (laughs) let me rephrase Um, who is lining their pockets uh, with that coin because (laughs) I'm not getting it. Right. Right. And I'm doing all the work here. Right. Um, And so, you know, it was interesting because that was a hard question to answer. So, on one hand, like the truth was nobody because we're we're not pulling money out of the business. Right. We're reinvesting in the company. And so there's no dollars leaving. Right. However, the technical legal answer is those profits were owned by me and our investors mm-hmm. as owners. Mm-hmm.
0: Um, I feel like we're getting very shark tanky on some of this lingo. I love it.
1: <laughs> so yeah, stop me if we go too far. No,
0: no, no. I love it. Keep going.
1: But so I spent a lot of time last fall re- researching, researching alternative ownership models and employee ownership and producer owned cooperatives and sort of just different structures um, that frankly return us to the world we were in about a hundred years ago in which all the stakeholders of a business were considered to be important constituents. So, investors, employees, the surrounding community, uh, the
0: um, um, Well, the world was much smaller then, too, you know, like the internet wasn't there. So, you want to invest in, you, you mean, what investment options would you have outside of your local community, almost, if you're a hundred years ago,
1: you know? In Indeed. And so, this was really before the rise of... Um, you know uh, the influence of the stock market and um, really what came about more much more recently in the sort of late seventies is this idea of shareholder primacy. So -hmm. that is shareholders are more important than any other stakeholder of a business and shareholder value Mm. is the primary thing you're trying to obtain as, as the manager of a business. I don't, You know, we have have to have a much longer conversation to quibble what like all of the implications, positive and negative, that come from that. So Mm -hmm. that's not my intention today, other than to say this is an alternative model in which the depositors own the bank, and so you think of it, it's very similar and very you know this is a very familiar model in the agricultural world where you have producer cooperatives that they own the company, and so any profits. Uh, or any excess profits are distributed to the producers who are owners. Um, and so uh, another company you probably know that's organized like this is Vanguard. Oh, okay. Um, it's, it's now you know the, the largest, I believe, asset manager in the world. And Vanguard really sort of destroyed the traditional mutual fund industry in a good way. Um, because they're owned by their investors. So y- if you and I invest in a Vanguard fund, we are technically owners of the company. Okay. And so every dollar of excess profit the company has, they have used, you know, now over a few decades to reduce the fees.
0: Oh, uh, I still so, invest in some Vanguard funds, not on purpose, but I appreciate to know now. Okay, great. Yeah,
1: so it's... And, and they've sort of pulled the rest of the industry down with them from a competitive perspective, mm. which has, by and large, benefited individual investors. Mm-hmm. So the mutual model, you know, is long, um, you know, has a long and sort of virtuous history in New England, more so than any other region of the country. Where, as you know, in the early part of the 20th century, something like 80% of deposits were held in mutual institutions. Mm-hmm. And in periods of financial crisis and panic um, like again and again, and in in those sort of periods of upheaval were much more common back then than they are now, mm-hmm. mutual banks um, sustained lower losses, lower failure rates, and in general, like more stability than other forms of banks. Mm. Um And that is still true today through crisis, you know, through the financial crisis, uh, through the pandemic. Um, However, this organizational forum has largely gone out of favor. And frankly, the the real reason, the only reason I can find is that nobody really gets rich. Mm -hmm. Um, And um, you know, there's a huge incentive for these institutions to convert to stock form. Um, because that will typically you know, uh, benefit uh, executives and, and investors and such. Again, which I, I don't necessarily quibble with that motive, um, but I think there is a strategic clarity if you're running an organization that comes from, we work for our depositors. Mm-hmm. They are our owners. Mm-hmm. So every dollar we spend and every dollar we earn we have to think about that as owned by our depositors, mm. and that just feels really healthy to me. Um, and so okay. the governance model is just like really appealing to me. Um,
0: okay. So as a depositor, how do I make money? Are you just going to give me a better return on investment? Are you going to? And then like over, is it like dividends over the quarters? So you see your Q1 was great. I'm trying to get all financial lingo on you right now. Yeah. And yeah. then right, you're like, it? that's good. And that's then, good. Um, Would you then increase my APR return, does that make sense, over time because of how well you're doing and how well the other companies on the back end who are you're investing in are making a profit and then they then give you a certain share of that and then that goes back to the depositors?
1: Kind of, uh, the last step there was a little messy, but other than that, you're right on. So Perfect. basically like there's a number of ways you can return these dollars to depositors. It could come in the form of lower fees. So like, mm-hmm. um, you know, you'll have, an, you'll have a debit card associated with the account. So reimbursing for ATM fees, for mm-hmm. example, um, mm-hmm. and maybe you do three transactions a month to start. And, you know, as, the, as we accumulate more profits, that three becomes six. I'm just making that up. Sure, I love example.
0: these made up numbers. Mm-hmm.
1: Um, but, so that, that's one way, sort of reducing fees, you could do higher interest rates on a, co- a collection of checking savings CDs, mm-hmm. um, or it could be returned to depositors in the form of a year-end dividend, just as sort okay. of like a surprise bonus. My
0: Christmas bonus, guys. Exactly.
1: <laughs> Exactly. <laughs> I
0: love it. All right. So how does one open an account with you?
1: Um, well, you can't yet. Right. Uh, so we're hoping to be open in the first quarter of next year. Okay. Uh, of course, there's quite a, an extensive process, um, you know, to go through to actually get regulatory approval to open the bank from uh, the state banking commission, as well as the FDIC, mm-hmm. um, yeah. you know, input. In, important slash I'm pretty sure required at this point for I would hope so. any, any bank to have FDIC insurance. Yeah. Uh, it is, it is a stipulation of getting the, the state charter. So, um, and I imagine it isn't in, in every other state too. Mm-hmm. Um, but um, as soon as we have all those things in place, you'll be able to, you know, open an account on your, on your desktop or mobile. Ooh, without, without awesome.
0: Okay. So we have a handful of listener questions. Do you want to dive into them?
1: Of course I do. Of course you do.
0: <laughs> Jackie in Connecticut asks, I'm a little older and was used to always going inside a bank to do my transactions. I'm still trying to understand how to do it on my computer. Will this bank have ATM cards and branches that I can go into? We kind of talked about that already, but maybe you can circle back because she is in Connecticut.
1: Yes. Yes to ATM cards. Um, okay, great everything else should be able to be handled on a, a mobile phone or a desktop. So things like, um, you know, direct deposit from a payroll check or a mm-hmm. social security check um, or mobile check capture to deposit uh, a check. So um, there is definitely, um, you know, many folks that still like that physical interaction in the branch. And so we, we will have a branch here in Concord. So probably a little bit too far for, for Jackie. Yeah. Unless
0: she's taking a ride up to the way. Um,
1: Mountains. well, she's welcome. Welcome yeah, up who here. Doesn't lo-
0: I'm born in New Hampshire. I get it. Yeah. It Beautiful is.
1: place. Um, and then, you know, we, we may potentially open more branches over time. Those will probably more, you know, look like, um, cafes, if you will. Kind of like um, how capital
0: one in, I think it was what in Pete's yep. coffee aligned. Yeah.
1: yeah. Hey, is capital one paying you for this?
0: No, but I used to- <laughs> I'm sorry. I, I used them in (laughs) Santander, but I switched a lot of my stuff to get (laughs) No, (laughs) No. but for like an online banking model. I mean, my money's in a lot of places, but for an online banking model, I like capital one, because when I travel internationally, they're the best. Yeah checking account to have if I'm using my debit card because they reimburse every single ATM fee anywhere because in the beginning they didn't have ATMs so their model was you use them they will always reimburse you on both sides of the ATM fee and then internationally they have the best daily exchange rate program I yeah. think so yeah. that's why I, I and anyway sorry no they don't- <laughs> <laughs> they want you, though. I'm fine with it. I don't know where their money goes, but I'll figure it out and probably- <laughs> anyway. So, um, yeah.
1: So, I, I mean, the other answer to that question is uh, again, sort of starting as a secondary savings account relationship, hopefully you'd need even fewer of those sort of in-person interactions. Um, right. and this is sort of set it and forget it type money that you're saving up for, um, you know, a car or a, a house or, uh, a boat.
0: I'm sure who doesn't want a boat or a big vacation <laughs> to Europe.
1: Yes. Um,
0: okay. Lee in New Hampshire. Oh, New Hampshire. There we go. Right. I have a small business in New Hampshire, but I'm looking to expand and I currently, I'm looking through all of my financial options. Will your bank offer a loan program? If so, what kind, and how do I apply?
1: Uh, so yes, as long as you meet the sort of non-financial criteria of either uh, sort of long list of things, you know, being a public benefit corporation, a B Corp, a nonprofit, a co- cooperatively organized, uh, and or uh, or rather a- and engaged in food and agriculture. Um, with With some level of sort of industry certification that that reflects those. Um, and then the process would be, you know, a loan officer will come out and chat and review your financials and um, business history and such, and um, go from there.
0: Sounds exciting. Hopefully they bring a lollipop. Um, Corey in Maine writes, I like the idea of supporting a local community driven bank. Is this for businesses only, or can individuals open accounts? Kind of already touched on that, but.
1: Yep. Uh, so totally open to consumers on the deposit side. Again, we won't have any consumer loans to start. Maybe we will add those over time, but to start, um, you know, largely consumer depositors along with the businesses, um, you know folks were lending to, you know, the hope would they would also maintain their deposit accounts with us as well. Mm-hmm. Um, but yes.
0: Yeah. Okay. Great. Sue from Instagram writes, I think banking is such an abstract concept and I kind of don't really understand how banks make money. How will your bank make money as a business?
1: Great question. Beth, do you want to take that one?
0: Yes, I do. So you <laughs> go to Capital One. <laughs> just kidding.
1: Uh, all right. So it's, banks are no different than any other business in the sense that you know if you if you think about if you opened a grocery store you buy products for x and you sell them for right. y and y minus x is your profit mm-hmm. um, you know any business owner will quibble with that description as it's quite a bit more complicated than that <laughs> yeah. but this is a starting point yeah banks are exactly the same thing where um, you know, we are paying X to depositors for, mm-hmm. for their money mm-hmm. and we are lending it out at Y mm-hmm. and Y minus X is a spread. So uh, again, just making up numbers, you might loan out the money at uh, three or 4% to mm-hmm. a business and pay depositors one, two, 3%. Right. And the the difference between those is is yeah. your profit margin.
0: And then also, I mean, there's certain banking fees. If you, I know like if I take my money out of my savings account too many times and move it into, which has happened many times, into my checking account, there's like a limit to how many transactions I can make a month before I hit a fee. There's NSF fees, which I might know one or two things about that in my uh-uh. past. <laughs>
1: So uh, it's crazy for a lot of banks, those make up a huge portion of their profit. I'm sure. Hopefully in this case, you know, we, that will not be a huge driver of, of profit because we're focused on these sort of lower transaction frequency type accounts and being your, being your savings relationship, at least at first. Mm -hmm. Um, but, uh. But yes, I've had my share of uh, those, those. I find that
0: very hard to believe. You're much more responsible than I am.
1: <laughs> I'm going to say
0: that now. I'm just saying. I think you and you have a family to worry about with your NSF fees that need organic strawberries. So That's right. I know, That's right. which we talked about last time. Kyle from Instagram writes, when will the bank open to the public? You kind of just touched on that, but one more time for the cheap seats in the back
1: hoping hoping for first quarter of next year uh it's about a y- year-long process okay, define
0: first quarter for the people who do not understand what that term may- oh
1: come on come uh, on
0: so like march of next well
1: year. sometime between january and march of yeah. 2022 yes and that's fingers crossed you know everything goes well from a capital regulatory yeah Check those else. boxes. Yeah. Um,
0: David in California writes, is the bank only available to people or businesses in
1: New England? Um, no, but our that's where our focus is. So you, you sort of need to define your market area just like you do for any other business. So mm-hmm. our focus is on sort of the, the New England states plus the eastern half of New York. That being said, because it'll be sort of digital first Type of infrastructure for consumers, anyone in the country will be able to open an account. That's just not what our focus is.
0: Awesome. Okay. So uh, we need to, I need to like wrap it up with the questions I kind of ask everyone. And I asked you last time, but this is a food centric podcast. So we need to talk about food for a second. And I know that you like food, even though you're very skinny. I still know you're very healthy. You can
1: only see from here up. I've seen pictures of you. (laughs)
0: I've seen a funny, a nice drive. you don't have a lot of junk in the trunk so. all right
1: i'm not gonna ask where else you've seen pictures of me but i'm just gonna leave that you
0: can that. google it you okay, are very well, googleable please. Okay. Mister, i'm on the, the front page of the globe um okay what are you currently <laughs> making at home right now it's oh my summer's gosh. coming are you grilling like what's happening
1: all right first of all Yes. I really like to cook meat, but I got to be honest. I'm not like a grill your face off. Okay. Dude, if you will.
0: Okay. Okay. You um, don't have the the apron with like the, the funny slings on them.
1: I have an apron, but I think it's like a, um, I think it's like a old raggedy perfect thing. It doesn't Cable have a
0: that you just kind of tore little shreds off of and turned it's, it into. It's
1: literally, it's got the, uh, it's got like a floral pattern and the floofy I like, wish
0: everyone could see the motions you're me.
1: it's like a doily it's like a doily
0: it was your nana's
1: okay yeah <laughs> I don't know anyway yeah um you've got it you cook. you know you anyone who cooks burgers on a griddle knows the difference between a burger cooked on a griddle and oh a yeah
0: griddle.
1: I mean yeah. it's just like night, night and day, and day. Yeah, the same is true of steak so I'm sort of ashamed to say as an American male that I have not yet gotten my grill out um I just, it doesn't live
0: outside with a cover on it
1: no it's in the garage oh is it but the weather point is, I that you're like it.
0: rolling out and putting charcoal in like yeah
1: like, what are you it? using a, what are you using a gas grill Beth yeah that's what we have oh I thought you cared about food
0: I do <laughs> Yeah, I thought you cared about the environment with your charcoal.
1: Oh, touche, touche, wow, okay, all right, that's fair. Set
0: them up, I'm gonna knock it out of the park, yeah. But
1: I rarely use it. I know. Uh, Yeah, I just, I would much rather cook a steak on cast iron and we have a really hot stove and so, anyway, doing more of that. However, I have something amazing for you.
0: Oh my God, tell me.
1: So I'm not a baker, that's like just not- Not your jam. Uh Um, however, like everyone, it seems in the pandemic, I've gotten really into sourdough. So I've spent a ton of time doing all kinds of derivatives. Sourdough is
0: the new avocado of 2020 and going into 2021. But yes, please.
1: Along with, by the way, um, maple syrup. So embracing my heritage as a New New Hampshire resident. Because honey is not
0: vegan. Maple syrup is. I know. I know. That's
1: interesting. I didn't think of that. Um, but yeah, no, we have a neighbor that has like a commercial scale thing with vacuums and reverse osmosis and stuff. And so I got, I I took one of the taps and set it up in my front yard on this big maple tree. And I got my daughter all into it. And she's, you know, for the first day going out there to check the bucket. And like all father-daughter projects, <laughs> at least in my experience. It
0: lasted 45 minutes.
1: Exactly. And now yeah. it's just like my project. Of course. Um, But like two weeks later I'm still out there every day checking the bucket and like
0: little drips of you're like yes
1: we got a quarter inch totally and so then it turns into like my little maple syrup business and I'm forcing Sally to like write labels so we can give it to all our relatives or stuff anyway and she's like um I was like Sally we could we could give this to all of our all of our friends and
0: you're getting that much maple syrup from this one tree
1: yeah, it's a big, it's a big tree, like okay, thirty great. inches.
0: Okay.
1: Um. So we have two taps in the same oh, tree. Okay. I mean, come on, Beth. I know, right? Um, what am
0: I? What am I thinking?
1: Anyway, Sally's like, no, Daddy, we should sell it. And Look I was like,
0: your entrepreneurship, <laughs> and your daughter. Like we're turning a profit on this shit, Dad. Come
1: on. She totally didn't mean it that way because yeah. I'd like. Let's give it away. And she, it wasn't quite like, no, let's sell it. But that's how it came across. I was just like laughing hysterically. I'm like, all right, let's, you know, you're probably
0: Lemonade stand time.
1: What was I thinking? Giving it away when we (laughs) can sell it. I can make a profit. Um, So anyway, uh, that's, that's, then I read this New York Times article that said, like, everyone is doing maple syrup and sourdough. So I thought I was like this unique person oh. doing these cool things. And it turns out that it's like, no, every, every pandemic person is doing this. But what I was trying to get to. Yes, sorry. I'm not a baker. Well, no, no. you didn't interrupt. That was me. No, I, I got you off track. Shocking. I tried to mm. make, and I've now successfully made it twice, a cake. It is called a Tunisian orange almond. I've made this. You made made, this? I made this. Oh my gosh. It's made with breadcrumbs and almond flour. It doesn't have any, I I guess, except for what's in the breadcrumbs. It doesn't have other flour. Holy shit. It was so good. It's
0: so orangey. It's unbelievably orangey in the best way possible.
1: And it's not too sweet. Mm -mm. Um, And it has this really unique... Uh, the words I'm going to use to describe the texture are not good. So maybe you can replace them. Sure. The texture was sort of like wet and and like mealy, but in a really good way.
0: (laughs) Not good descriptors at all. I mean, I told
1: you, I told you. Yeah.
0: I agree with you though. And it, it like stays, it doesn't get crusty and hard. Like it, it stays nice and moist for like how you want a cake to be for a couple of days. If it lasts that long.
1: I mean, I probably shouldn't have, but like a week and a half later, I was still eating this thing yeah. and it was almost You didn't eat better. it in two
0: days? I, I ate mine right away. I also made little mini ones too.
1: Oh, really? Mm-hmm. It's so funny. You did the same recipe. Same well, thing. so my my wife liked it so much that um, she, she wanted it on Mother's Day. So I made another one yesterday.
0: Oh, you're such a good husband.
1: Thank you. Thank you. So, so anyway, funny. yes, that's okay, so funny it. that you made the same one. It was so good.
0: It's so okay. good. Well, I like anything I can do with winter citrus. Winter citrus to me is so underrated and it's so freaking good cuz up here there's nothing <laughs> like in the winter, no no good berries, no good nothing. So if you can get some really good citrus, I mean it like brightens up your day kind of thing cuz we're January. Totally. Winter sucks. Okay, so how can people get a hold of you? How can they find you?
1: So, check out Walden Mutual dot com you can mm-hmm. sign up for our little email list we'll keep you posted on our progress um and uh i think there's an email on there too info at walden Mutual.com. um and if you're interested in either working with us or um being a borrower or um sharing some tunisian orange almond cake <laughs> with us uh send a send a note
0: or maple syrup or maple yeah. syrup
1: okay well, it's over now the season's over now so so
0: well you are you're prepped then for next year you're ready to go there might be another tree you can string another tap line to with another bucket and (laughs) soon you're just gonna have a maze of tap lines to your neighbor's trees and and everywhere else like in
1: in true like daddy fashion it's like uh, you know originally this little small fun thing and now now i'm like i'm gonna plant a hundred trees next year (laughs) (laughs) (laughs)
0: I'm going to go buy a maple tree farm next year. And this is now my new passion project. And it's like the two hours that I have a week that I'm not doing anything else.
1: And my daughter's like totally uninterested. Oh
0: yeah. She's moved on. (laughs) She's like, where's my American girl doll? I don't want to touch that anymore. Okay. Last question time. If COVID wasn't a thing, money, you had oodles and oodles of noodles and money. Where are you going and what are you eating? The first time you said a very ethical Charlie, I'm going to save the world. Answer. Where are you going this time?
1: What did I say?
0: You're taking your family to California to like the, to the, to, so they can experience what you experienced when you were there.
1: Uh, In the Central Valley. That's right. Uh, Okay. Does it, gosh.
0: I know it's... I got
1: another lame answer for you. Oh,
0: this is going to be even better. I can tell. Go ahead. But I
1: just, I just have to say it. Yes, you I, do. I'm just, I'm, I wouldn't go anywhere. I'm super excited about this new project. Like <laughs> I'm, I'm having a blast sort of thinking through this and getting like a crazy sure. amount of interest and in, from, from people who the concept resonates for. And sure. so, you know, I'm, maybe
0: you would travel new all Island. over new England and other places, and visit all of these farms and farmers and businesses to, to, you know. Well,
1: I'm gonna do that anyway. But yeah, I know you do but that yes. all the time. Maybe anyway. that's a more romantic answer. All, all right, here, fine. I'll give you another okay,
0: one. Give me, yeah, try
1: again. Um, it's a trip we just took, so, and it was lovely. Um, have you ever been to the Mount Washington Hotel? I have. It, so renovated at some point in the last like. Five years and they made a whole new wing and now yeah haven't fun. been
0: since the renovation but yeah omni
1: mm-hmm. um it's beautiful and yes. it's we went and just spent one night and had dinner inside which by the way was mind
0: amazing. blown amazing i know
1: i just couldn't fathom like sitting down at a table yeah. and someone handing you a menu it was just like
0: we did so it for good. the first time last week i get, totally understand
1: so Anyway, yeah. I would do that trip again in a second. It was good for the kids too, because they could just like run around and go crazy outside. Mm-hmm. Um, and they have all kinds of cool rooms where like we got a room with a little separate room for the kids mm-hmm. so that we could, you know, close them in there. And then maybe I shouldn't say this publicly, but go downstairs and have dinner.
0: <laughs> have a cocktail, <laughs> lock the door, shove a pizza under there. You're we, fine, we kids had, have blues clues. We
1: had a little monitor, um, Yeah, but- uh, anyway, that's a really They didn't burn good trip.
0: it down.
1: That's, a that's really awesome. Good trip I would it's recommend awesome.
0: and supporting a local New Hampshire spot for you because now New Hampshire is your home.
1: It is. It yeah. is. And fully, fully embraced. Great state. By the way, number one, number one state in the country in terms of vaccination rates.
0: I thought Mass was.
1: Mass so is number
0: two. Ma- oh, so we just went down. But that, uh, yeah, here in New England, we like a good vaccination. I fully support it. So vaccinate up people. Vaccinate you said it. Up. All right. You awesome. It. it was so great to see you. Thank you so much for being on. We could talk forever.
1: You said it. Let's do it again in a year and we'll, we'll see how the We'll night probably
0: ends. do it again in like two months. We can't keep <laughs> us apart. All right, my friend, have a wonderful week. Good to see you. Thanks talk Beth. To you you too. Bye. Charlie, thank you so much for coming back on the podcast. My face really hurts from smiling so much. I will link all of his information and Walden Mutual's information on the show notes. Go to my website, elizabethrfuller.com for everything. Shoot me an email if you want to be on the podcast or if you have questions for the podcast or if you want to work together. Let's go on a food adventure at gmail.com. And again, tag me in all of your food adventures at let's go on a food adventure on Instagram. I adore you guys. Thanks for listening, and I'll see you next Friday. Until then, make some yummy food together, lead with kindness, and have a great weekend. Bye!